0: Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> hey, I'm super pumped to be with you. Um, uh, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm also known as the male pastor with hair. And, uh, and <laughs> I didn't realize you were still in the room. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Hey. Um, we're so glad you're here today. If this is your first time joining us, we want to let you know. Uh, maybe you've been here a couple of weeks, and, and, uh, and you've said, you know what? This is our place. This is where we want to hang out. Uh, we've got, actually, gift bags for you. If you haven't gotten a gift bag, uh, it's super cool. And you're wondering, like, hey, where's all the cool BCC swag? Well, we've got a BCC mug for you in there. And so that way, every day when you wake up, you can put coffee in that mug. And, and if you don't drink coffee, we'll pray for you. And... Uh, and, and, and you can think about your church family, and so we'd love to give that to you as a gift. And it's also got uh, a couple of uh, uh, pathways to get plugged into ministry. And because and, we believe that, that at BCC, like the best kingdom stuff may not actually happen here on the weekends, but it happens uh, as, as we do life with other Jesus followers and as we, as we uh, encounter people who don't know Jesus and we live out the truth of the gospel, Right. All right, hey, we're in the middle of a series called Bumper Sticker Theology, uh, in case you've noticed up there, and, uh, and, and we've talked about these catchy Christian-sounding themes like follow your heart, God is my co-pilot, and God won't give you more than you can handle. Now, these are biblical-sounding ideas, but I think we've come to find that they're not actually biblically sound, Right? Scripture doesn't actually say those things. And we take those things, those ideas that, that kind of sound true to us and, and, and we file it away in our brain as, as theology. And theology is really nothing more than what we think about God. But we can have good theology and we can have bad theology. And those ideas, they sound nice. But when we approach them and we compare them, uh, to what scripture actually is saying, it can really lead to some bad places. Right? Now, when I was in student ministry, I came across this game called Lamentations or Taylor Swift Lyrics. It's just as entertaining as it sounds. And so I'm going to read a phrase to you. Okay, so we're all going to embarrass ourselves together. All right, one, because we know Taylor Swift lyrics, and two, we may not be entirely familiar with the entire book of Lamentations. So it's going to be from the message translation, and we're going to determine whether or not it's from the Bible or if it's from Taylor Swift, okay? And we're all going to do this together. We're all going to look dumb together. That way, nobody's got to feel bad about it, okay? All right, I remember it all. Uh, do I have it up here? I don't know if I do or not. Nope. Uh, maybe we'll go to the next one. Um, Not that one. Oh, yeah, that happens, right? Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that reason is that we're stupid and we make bad decisions. I felt personally attacked by that. Um, But let's go to the next one here. Uh, It says, I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. Is that from the Bible or is that Taylor Swift lyrics? Raise your hand if you think it's from the Bible, okay? Okay, raise your hand if you think it's Taylor Swift lyrics. Okay, it's from Lamentations. <laughs> oh, all right, here we go. Oh, this is so much fun, because I'm just as bad-headed as you are. All right, it rains when you're here, and it rains when you're gone. Is that from Lamentations or from Taylor Swift lyrics? Is it from the Bible? Raise your hand. Is it from the Bible? Okay. Taylor Swift lyrics? All right, those of you who guessed Taylor Swift lyrics would be correct. All right. How many people are over two? <laughs> All right. I can see. I'm not going to call you out. All right. All right. All right. Listen close now. We've been to hell and back. We've nowhere to turn, nowhere to go. Rivers of tears pour from my eyes. Is that from the Bible or is that Taylor Swift lyrics? Raise your hand if you think it's from the Bible. Okay. Raise your hand if you think it's Taylor Swift lyrics. All right. If you think it's Taylor Swift lyrics, you would be wrong. It's from the Bible. All right. all right. All right. How about this one? O-O-O. Is that from Taylor Swift or the Bible? Okay. Raise your hand if you believe it's from Taylor Swift. Okay. Raise your hand if you believe it's from the Bible. Guess what? It's from both. <laughs> all right. Now you don't trust me at all, do you? All right, hey, now obviously, you know, we don't spend a ton of time in Lamentations, but we can see how these biblical-sounding ideas can become theology for us, right? We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's in the Bible, even something as silly as Taylor Swift lyrics. Now, now, today I want to talk about this idea that everything happens for a reason, Ever hear anyone tell you that? Everything happens for a reason. We, that, we saw that bumper sticker up there earlier, right? Now, I don't know about you, but that, that kind of evokes a, like a visceral reaction from me because, man, I really don't, man, I don't love it when I hear people tell me that, all right? Um, and, and I don't like it because it's theologically bad, but many of you have heard it as a way of explaining away A difficult situation in your life. Or maybe you've actually said it to try and be comforting to someone, right? No judgment here, okay? Uh, But the person who said it was trying to be comforting. But if you really think about it, that idea that everything happens for a reason can, as we follow down that logical track, can lead to some pretty bad, disturbing places. So chances are, if someone's telling you this phrase, or if you're using this phrase, you mean the best, right? They mean the best. They really do. Um, and that one about, uh, you know, us be, or, uh, everything happening for a reason because I'm, I'm stupid and I make bad decisions, you know what, sometimes I feel like that is more true. Um, but when someone tells you this, it's likely because you're dealing with some stuff in your life, right? If someone's saying, hey, everything happens for a reason, it's because you're going through some stuff. Maybe you're dealing with the loss of a loved one. Uh, maybe, you've, maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've been given a medical diagnosis that's going to change the rest of your life. Maybe something has happened to you that you're ashamed to talk about. And so when someone responds with everything happens for a reason, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? I don't know about you, but it, it's something that doesn't quite sit right with that. And now listen, if you're comforted, chances are when you hear everything happens for a reason, it's because what you hear when they say that to you is that, is that God is still in control. God cares about you. He cares about the things that are going on in your life. Now that's true, right? We can take a look at, Paul, at, <laughs> at Psalm 23, it says this, right? It's one of the earliest verses. If you, if, how many of you guys like sat in Bible school and you like memorized the whole verse and when you nailed it, you're like, I know everything there is to know about Scripture, right? When you memorize Psalm 23, but it says what? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. It goes on to say, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake, you see, God not only cares about us, but Scripture tells us that he is, he is a guide who helps us along the right paths. Okay, but check out that word, guides. What does a guide do? A guide is someone who helps you down a path to get you where you're going. Maybe you're going, Maybe if you're climbing a mountain, a guide is going to help you get the right handholds and the right footholds, and, and he's going to secure the rope so you can pull yourself up. The guide wants you to arrive at your destination safely, right? His livelihood depends on it. Right, But he or she doesn't force you to take the path that they're guiding you down. They're not controlling, but they're doing things for your benefit. And I think this is where the understanding of this idea, where we start down the path of really bad theology or an incorrect way of thinking about God. Because when we say everything happens for a reason, I think we're actually loosely tying it to Romans 8.28. I want us to say this together. It's going to be up on the screen. Okay, we're going to say it together. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so we take that scripture and we run with it, right? You're like, well, I'm going to claim Romans eight twenty-eight. That is my life verse, right? Because it sounds like a promise that we can hold on to even when things are hard. But, but I feel like sometimes we don't really read it well. Is that fair? We don't read it well. We, we miss, there's a key word that we miss. And that word is in. In, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And while we hear that, what we actually hear is God is working for our good, Now, I am excited about that. At least there's somebody out there working for my good, right? Right? But that's not actually what it's saying. Okay, let's break that down. And we're going to go way back, back to the beginning of time, okay? When God created humans, God gave us the choice to say yes to Him or to say no to Him, right? When we say no to Him, what's that called? It's called sin, right? Sin's basically actively working against God, whether it be in thought or deed. And so we can we can actually make things happen. Did you know that you can make things happen? We can we can build cars and we can build fences and we can build we can build houses. We made the internet. I mean Al Gore made the internet, but we made the internet, right? And airplanes, and we've got tractors that can drive themselves in a perfectly straight line and, and, and plant seed exactly in the spot where they need to be planted to grow the best in perfect distance from, from another uh, plant that is just like it. And so everything that exists exists because God gave us these resources so that we could build things, right? Like we didn't invent dirt. We didn't invent all the things that are needed to to cast metal and to make plastic and all these things. But God gave us these resources, and he gave us the brain power to make them happen, right? And so when we make things, we make things because God has given us the resources for it. But sometimes, and this may not be true in your life, but we do bad things with our brains, right? We do bad things with our resources. So instead of using our brains and our resources to glorify God, we do the opposite of what God wants for us, and that's sin. So, so here's what we have to, we, we've kind of got to get on the same page here. So when God created everything, what did he call it? He called it good, right? He created everything, and he called it good. So, but there are some bad things that exist, Right? There's some bad things that exist, so chances are either Satan or humans got a hold of it and twisted it up and took a good thing and made it bad, right? So for instance, the internet is not inherently evil. It is an a-spiritual thing. I, can, I use it all the time to look up scripture, to communicate with my family who's far away, but you know what I could also do with it? I could use it to steal people's identity. I could use it to look up pornography. I could use it to bully people, Right? Internet could be good or bad. It's what we do with it. So stay with me. So we're doing things. Some of those things are good. Some of those things are bad. And so on a literal level, okay, on, on, on the very basis of understanding, everything happens for a reason. That's kind of a true statement, right? If I, if I kick this thing off the stage and the iPad breaks, well, that happened for a reason because I made a bad decision. Does that make sense? But sometimes... Sometimes the consequences are far worse than that, aren't they? When we make bad decisions. And so when a person's killed in a drunk driving accident, that happened for a reason. That reason because, was because someone made a bad decision and decided to get intoxicated and go for a drive. And I want to be clear here. It's not because God desired that to happen for that person. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So let's take that understanding of everything happening for a reason, and, and let's, let's, kind of, let's kind of take our, our biblical understanding and, and start to put those things together, okay? So in all things... God works for the good of those who love Him, and so those terrible events that are happening in our lives, when it seems like God doesn't care or isn't paying attention, those those things, uh, those are the results of people exercising their God-given choice to love Him or to not love Him. But as Jesus followers, we know that those things that happen, that's not the end of the story, is it? That's not the end. And it's so hard to see. But, but because our God is so powerful, even in death and even in tragedy, even in tragedy, he can give those moments purpose. And it's hard to see when it's personal to us. But we can look back on certain events and we can go that in that thing, God chose to use it to draw us closer to him. Okay? I, I bet everybody in this room, if you're old enough, you can remember what you were doing September 11th, 2001. I I know exactly what I was doing, right? Because that was a powerful moment in our lives. But do you remember what happened after all that? The nation came together. People started going to church. People started going to God and searching for answers. And so that was an incredible tragedy. And, And we have to be very clear here. God did not make that happen, right? People made a terrible choice to take lives but even in that tragedy, even in that awfulness, even in that sin and brokenness, that God took something and he gave it purpose. You see, God doesn't cause everything, but he can give everything purpose. All right? And what we have to understand is that the most good thing in our lives, you know what the most good thing that, that, that can possibly happen in our lives is for us to be in a right relationship with God. It's why we go nuts when, when week after week we're baptizing people, right? Because that's the most good thing that can happen to that person. And, and, and what's great about that is they can continue to live out that faith, to experience the, the, the presence of God in those moments, right? So take a look at Romans 8.28 again. We get the definition of good right there. It says, who have been called according to his purpose, I need to put that in front of my face every day, according to his purpose. Church, there is no greater purpose than God's purpose. Did you know that? There's no greater purpose. And and I don't know about you, but I try to give myself purpose, and we all do, right? We all do. We assign value to ourselves in every circumstance. Most of the time, it's either too high or too low or too focused on ourselves. But what if we lived according to his purpose? You see, we do everything according to our purpose, don't we? God's purpose, by the way, again, is to bring all of humanity back to himself. But our purpose, most of the time, is just to make it through the day. Amen? (laughs) Right? Our purpose, Maybe you deal with this, our purpose is how people view us or think about us. Our purpose is how good we are at our jobs or how successful our kids are. Our purpose is how much influence we have. You know, Our purpose is actually comfort. Our purpose is avoiding suffering. And I've said this time and time again, but it's still true. Following Jesus is not easy. It's not necessarily going to make your life better. I know people who've, accept, who've accepted Jesus and, and, and because one spouse or another did, didn't appreciate it, that they just made their life hell on earth, okay? They accepted Jesus and their family was ripped apart. But again, what's the most good thing that we can experience as humans? It's a right relationship with God, Right? And so we have to recognize that, that, that it's not necessarily going to make our life better, at least from a worldly perspective. But let me tell you what it will do. It will take your final destination being death and taking it to your final destination being life with the God of the universe. It will give your life meaning and purpose. we will go from being in a wrong relationship with God to a right relationship with God but it won't be easy. And I think with all the topics in this bumper sticker theology series, the primary problem with these pithy one-liners is that they oversimplify a very complicated relationship, don't they? And, and, and they're, they're, like, they're like $1 answers to million-dollar questions. You see, there's a reason that the story of God and people is 66 books long. There's a reason that the story of God and people took 1,500 years to put together and was written by around 40 men and possibly even some women as well. I mean, it's not complicated from God's end, but we overcomplicated it, didn't we? But then we try to simplify it in times of immense grief and pain by saying, everything happens for a reason. And and, and so before we we leave the day, I want us to understand two very serious dangers in this idea. And I want to briefly walk through these, okay? The first thing we do when we have an everything happens for a reason mentality is that it becomes an easy way of absolving ourselves of responsibility. It becomes an easy way of saying, you know what, that's not really my fault. Because if everything happens for a reason... I can pretty much behave the way I want to behave, right? And not have to worry about the consequences. It means that I can, and, and you know what? I'm going to be preaching to the choir here, but, but you know people like this, people that are just, they kind of go to church every once in a while, and, and, and they call themselves Christians, and they're, they're not really plugged into community, and, and they keep doing that, and they don't take their faith seriously. And they keep walking down that path. And then all of a sudden, they find out one day that, that their kids want nothing to do with God. But you know what? I don't have to own that because everything happens for a reason. It's not really my fault. It means that, and I'm going to step on my own toes here, that I can overeat at every meal and not take care of my body. And then in a few years, when I have all these health issues and I have high cholesterol and, and, and I've got uh, to have surgery for, for some things uh, that I, I caused, I can just say, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. God's in control. He'll take care of me. Now, part of that's true. God is in control, and he does care for us. But when we haven't been obedient to God in areas of our health, you better believe that we're going to suffer earthly consequences for our earthly actions. Does that make sense? That's a little uncomfortable to talk about, isn't it? But see, that way of thinking causes us to be unintentional in our faith. We won't accidentally grow in our faith and obedience to Jesus, will we? I'm not going to wake up one day and be like, oh my goodness, where did I get these amazing abs? Right? I've got to commit to it every day. And it's a journey, right? If we're not intentional in our faith, all of a sudden, like, like the destination for our faith is a person, right? And, and one day, I'm going to be going down the road, and I'm going to look up, and the person is over there, and I'm all the way over here. And I'm going to be like, what in the world happened? Well, I wasn't intentional. But see, as we, can continue, as we continue in that way of thinking about God, that brings us to another danger of everything happens for a reason thinking, okay? If we believe that God is the reason that everything happens, then we will eventually get to the place where we begin to blame God, won't we? So now, not only are we not taking responsibility for our own actions, now we're going to blame God, okay? God, it's your fault that my cousin died in that car accident. God, it's your fault that I didn't get into the college I wanted to get into. God, it's your fault that I was abused as a child. And that's a pretty common response to our grief, right? We want, we want a reason But if we got honest with ourselves and with God, we've come to find that brokenness exists not because God made it or wanted it to happen, but because he gave humanity a choice to say yes to him or to say no to him. And when humans say no to God, then it leads to some pretty awful places, doesn't it? The reality is that our world is broken due to the choices that we make or others made to not follow God. Does that make sense? And some of us in this room, we're dealing with deep, lifelong struggles because of a choice that someone else made to not follow God. You see, sometimes the reason is is that we're victims of the decisions that other people make or 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 the result of a system that is unjust and oppressive. Or maybe, maybe we don't blame God for those things. Maybe we blame ourselves. You know, some of you in this room are likely blaming yourself for the abuse that you've experienced. Perhaps physical, emotional, or sexual abuse in your past or your present is the thing that you're trying to find a reason or trying to put blame on. And in the name of Jesus, can I just tell you this? It's not your fault. That isn't what God gave you or wanted you to experience. God has something better. And he wants to free you from the blame that others put on you. And he wants to use your story to bring others into the kingdom so that they can experience redemption and and a restoration of relationship with God. But you know, in the midst of all of that pain, all of our grief, all of our emotions, we want someone to tell us that there is a reason for all of this. And church, can I just say most of the time, the reason is not a good one. And it's something... And it's not something that God wants for us. You see, at the beginning of creation, we weren't created for death, were we? We were created to walk alongside God in this perfect place and be in a perfect relationship with him. But in our brokenness and and rejection of of that relationship with God, it exacted a terrible price. A price that brought separation from God and also from other people. And that thing in us that demands justice that looks for someone to take responsibility, if we don't blame ourselves for it, we're probably going to blame God for it. And listen, if you're in that place right now where you're not sure how you feel about God, be honest with it. You know, God's Word tells us that He hears the honest heart. He hears the contrite heart. God is a big God, and He can handle our anger, and He can handle our criticism. But in those prayers, don't forget to listen. And as a reminder, we hear God in Scripture, don't we? We hear God in prayer. We hear Him through His Spirit and in community with other Jesus followers who are following Jesus alongside us. You want to know God's heart in your tragedy? You want to know God's heart in your pain? Let's take a look at 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Our God is the God who doesn't want anybody to be separated from him. Think about that for a second. Our God is the God who wants to be in relationship with us. But he wants us all to recognize our brokenness so that we will come back to him. That word is called repentance. It's where we change our mind. It's where we go, uh, like like Brian was talking about earlier, Chad talked about last week, where we come to that moment in our lives where we just can't do it anymore and we go, the path that I have been on is the wrong one and it's not what God has for me. You see, remember, the most good thing that we can experience is a right relationship with God, right? That's the most good thing. And God is not a narcissist But he's a caring God who is working for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, I think we're looking for a reason when we should be looking for a purpose. And I don't want to minimize what it is that you're going through. We should be looking for a purpose. When we look for a reason, we're actually focused on the problem. That doesn't mean we ignore the problem, okay? But as Jesus followers, the problem is actually not our focus, right? The problem solver is. The problem solver is our focus. In fact, the solution is not even our focus because when we're focused on God, you know what happens? We place the responsibility for that on him. And so instead of looking for blame... We have to focus on the one who took our blame. Our brokenness, our faults, and the things that have happened to us and nailed it to a cross and defeated it, right? He defeated those things. And church, listen, it may take an entire lifetime for that to make it to our hearts, but it's worth pursuing because God did the unthinkable and he pursued us. What does that look like in the kingdom? What would the world look like if brokenness wasn't the final word? What if redemption and restoration were the final word? All right, so before we get out of here, I want to to give us just a couple of practical tips on where to go with this idea, all right? Instead of saying everything happens for a reason, let's take other people's grief seriously. Let's take other people's grief seriously, right? We don't have an instruction booklet for this. I mean, we have Scripture, right? And what we see is that grief is an appropriate response in Scripture. Allow people in your life who are grieving the freedom to mourn how they mourn. For however long they need to mourn. Don't feel the pressure to offer up advice like I'm doing right now. Just listen. you know, if somebody comes up to me and is sharing their tragedy with me, I don't, I, don't, I don't have to give them something. I can just listen. And I can let them know that I care about them and that God cares about them and that they have the freedom to express their emotions in front of me without any judgment, okay? And maybe you don't have friends that are mourning, okay, but maybe you're mourning. And I want to give you permission to take your own grief seriously. I think that's harder than the other thing, isn't it? We have a hard time taking our own grief seriously because there's, there's really no space for us to mourn. Take your own grief seriously. You have no idea what it's doing inside you. You think you know, but you don't know. Allow yourself the freedom to grieve. And listen, I'm going to say this, and this may be controversial, okay? And if you want to have a discussion about it, we can have a discussion about it, all right? But you can have Jesus and a therapist or a counselor too, okay? Okay? Because here's the reality. We don't save ourselves, do we? We don't save ourselves. Who saved us? Jesus, right? Chances are somebody introduced us to Jesus, right? If we believe what Ephesians 4 is telling us, it's that God has gifted different people in different ways in the community of God so that we can grow into the maturity and the headship of Jesus, right? Allow yourself a community of people that you can grieve with. See, the last thing I think we want to do is we don't want to burden people with our stuff, but we're actually designed by God to mourn with those who mourn and to rejoice with those who rejoice, right? It's a kingdom value. And when you deny yourselves and others that freedom, you're rejecting the beauty of how God is going to give purpose to your story. And so instead of saying everything happens for a reason, let's hold on to actual scripture that says true things. Jesus tells his disciples, and Chad talked a little bit about this last week in John 16, that Jesus says, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die, okay? And, and the things that are gonna go down are, are gonna be pretty scary. And, and his disciples are like, no way, Jesus, I'm gonna be with you until the very end. And Jesus goes, actually, you're gonna abandon me. And so his disciples are mourning this. They're mourning their friend, their leader, their savior. But Jesus tells his disciples in their mourning, in this world you will have trouble. He says, I give you my peace. And then he goes on and he says, I've overcome the world. And so as we mourn, we acknowledge the brokenness of this place, right? We, we, we acknowledge the brokenness of our decisions and others' decisions around us. But we know that this is not the end. For the one who follows Jesus knows there is something better, there's something beyond death, there's something beyond our pain and our tragedy. You see, church, this world can't comfort us. So we've got to stop trying to comfort each other and comfort other people with empty emptiness, with, by, by not acknowledging their pain, not, not acknowledging their suffering. Because we were designed for something greater, for something more beautiful, something more loving. And, and it's the person of God who loves us, right? So as we comfort others, as we attempt to be comforted ourselves, let's go to the one who provides ultimate comfort. All right? We're going to worship together. I'd invite you to, let's go ahead and stand together. And if you need prayer, or you want to talk something through, or maybe you just want to share whatever stuff is going on in your life, I'm going to be back at the Connection Center, and uh, would, love to, would love to meet with you guys right after.